In the last four weeks, coronavirus cases in Nigeria have jumped from just a little over 200 to an alarming 4,399 cases with 128 deaths. Lagos tops the list with more than 1,000 cases with Kano, the FCT, Boronu, Bauchi, Katsina and Jigawa states trailing behind. Medical experts say one of the major issues contributing to the spread of the infection is the non-adherence to safety rules and measures, especially by residents across the states where cases are now rising daily. Simple rules like masking, social distancing, curfew and the ban on interstate travels have been violated by people. And as if that is not bad enough, there is evidence that some security agents saddled with the task of enforcing these rules demand bribes. Hello and welcome to Now, a podcast that examines the impact of COVID-19 on all aspects of our lives. I am Juliet Obata. Police Public Relations Officer, Lagos State Command, DSP Bala Elkana, says violators of COVID-19 laws are in for a tough ride. The few who break the law with impunity, definitely we can't let them go. Chairman of the FCT Ministerial Enforcement and Task Team, Ata Iharu, sheds more light on how the mobile court is keeping violators in check. Well, we have gotten about 8,000 convictions thus far. Uh, uh, many persons have also been discharged in their hundreds. Managing Director of Legendary Music Label Evergreen, Pim Boesho, is encouraging Nigerians to obey all COVID-19 rules so as to defeat the virus. If we all take the government directive and we really can educate ourselves, educate our mind, educate people around us, I think uh, we should be able to get over this and overcome it. Recently, the media have been awash with reports of isolated cases of compromise by some security operatives in Lagos, Abuja and other states. There are more roadblocks and checkpoints on major roads and highways manned by security officials who are supposedly carrying out their duties. Yet, residents are flagrantly breaking the curfew imposed and flouting the ban on interstate movements. Police Public Relations Officer DSP Balaikana tells Bumi Yekini that the war against the coronavirus is a collective responsibility and everyone must play their part. It's a collective fight because uh, whether we like it or not, the whole world is at war with the virus. What are our duties there? First, we are to stop interstate travels so that this virus cannot be transported from one um, point to the other, especially in Lagos where I am now, which is the epicenter of the virus at the moment. Definitely, we wouldn't like people going out, in and out. That is part of the measure put in place by government. So we have taken steps to be sure that that has been taken care of. So we have deployment at all the boundary communities, about 14 of them that we identified, where we deploy our resources. We also have the duty during the total lockdown to stop interstate movement, which we did. And those who violated it also, we got a large number of them arrested. Large number of vehicles, we got uh, over 2,000 vehicles impounded. We got over 3,000 persons arrested and charged to court for violating this, uh, the, the lockdown order. We also have people even within the lockdown organizing uh, nightclubs. Nightclubs, for goodness sake. But we got them arrested. So on our own part as law enforcement agents, we are working so hard to ensure that those uh, guidelines and those laws 
that have to do with COVID-19 are implemented and are also obeyed. So that has been done. From the beginning of this, uh, the first two weeks, we are quite tough because as we are going around with our team, with our patrol vehicles, you hear people shouting that hunger virus is more dangerous. Leave us, let us come out. We are tired of staying at home. You hear all manner of insults from, 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 from insulting us, feeling that we refuse to allow them. We are not surprised because we know it's not easy. It's part of human nature to move freely. When you decide to stop them, they, they know they react, definitely. Community-based policing is very important if we want to really sensitize the people in the grassroots. So how often do you engage the community people and their leaders? We have been working closely together with community leaders, with traditional rulers, with landlords associations, with youth associations, with women associations, with business communities, with religious uh, communities, with different interest in the communities and that has also helped in taking this message in driving this message down to the grassroots and we also make good use of uh, the megaphones in uh, our patrol vehicles uh, to drive the message around as we are patrolling the streets telling them those basic things they should do maintain social distance we break it down in the local language for them to understand what it means by social distance what should be the space and also to use uh, face marks when they are in public place, wash their hands regularly, and all these principles. Once they feel sick, they are unwell, they should remain at home, and we also keep on rolling out the number they should call. It's just unfortunate, you know, uh, the nature of uh, women. No matter how hard you try to make people understand, there are people that will still do it their own way. That is just the reality of it. That is it. So you keep on educating them, keep on enlightening. If you're going to arrest, how many are you going to arrest? The whole of the citizens? Definitely no. And not also in a time like this, because we can't even afford to keep anybody in custody. We can't afford also to congest the prison. We can't afford to even congest our detention facilities in the police station. So definitely you do more of a persuasive enforcement. That is what we keep on pushing for the few who... Break the law with impunity, definitely we can't let them go. That's why you see the number of arrests also. Are there anything else you do apart from the community sensitization? We go as far as even uh, holding uh, extra set marks for, for distribution. We got our tailoring department to produce quite a number of set marks that we carry along also. Some will tell you that they can't afford to buy text marks of 100 naira on the road. We'll give him out. Use this. Take the first marks and use. This is... Uh, the one you can wash and uh, uh, reuse again. So take this one and make sure you wash it on daily basis after you use it, wash it. We give them the guide, you know. So we continue doing this because we must be our brother's keeper in a time like this. We must support each other. We must also educate those who seem not to understand or don't even want to understand. Can't rule out people like that, no matter how hard how, how you work. Okay, sir, beyond the arrests that you make, how else do you handle issues of violation? Yes, quite, quite a number of them uh, we are giving community service as punishment because uh, I told you uh, it, it is not wise in a time like this to send more people to prison, especially when you are fighting, trying to stop the spread of the virus. So the court also devised a means to punish them without sending them to prison. So community service is one of them. 
they, some of them were given four hours community service, some two hours community service, some even more. I think the maximum we got uh, so far is six months community service, six months. That is the maximum, but uh, majority are within the range of two hours, four hours. So they will go and help in cleaning and keeping Lagos clean. At least that has also add value to fighting the, the virus, getting more people who will clean the streets, clean the gutters, and uh, keep surroundings uh, neat. Then um, there's also fine. I think the minimum fine I, I, I see so far is uh, 2,000, 2,005, 3,000, then some 5,000. The maximum we got so far is um, 100,000 era fine given to a particular uh, set of persons that organize party during the lockdown. But majority are having within two five to 5,000. And there have been several reports of security operatives who are manning checkpoints within Lagos Metropolis, collecting money from motorists and allow them to pass during curfews. We had some of those reports coming in, and we also set in a machinery in place to checkmate uh, such uh, unethical conduct and also to apprehend those uh, concerns. So during the, the enforcement, we had cause to arrest uh, some of those uh, few police officers and law enforcement agents who choose to do the wrong thing, who choose to be on the wrong side of the law and even on the wrong side of history, also send out the monitoring units and escorts. They are out there. They help us in arresting uh, some, and they are still checkmating their excesses. We also have uh, senior police officers deployed to monitor the activities of police officers around. We also have lines that we have made available for members of the public to call to report conduct of police officers out there. Yes, yeah, so, and, and that has been so helpful. What kind of penalty do they pay for doing this? Once we arrest such people, we subject them to our internal disciplinary mechanism, which we call oddly room trial. Okay. We try them, the punishment ranging from uh, dismissal from service and even prosecution in court. We also have a uh, reduction in rank and other punishments uh, depending on the nature and gravity of the offense committed also. States have now adopted various methods of enforcing the COVID-19 safety rules. In River State, Governor Wiki supervised the demolition of two hotels for violating the executive order which banned the operation of hotels in the state. He also auctioned two trucks and cattle being conveyed in the trucks from Adamawa State. A Port based journalist, Lucy Eke, Tells us more about the situation in River States. Definitely what he did was wrong. He took laws into his hands too much. Okay, the person is there, is one of them. It's of course, the person is the party member too. We are looking at the outcome of it. Almost everybody is planning against what he did. So we are waiting for what to hear his, his next action in respect to what he did. My two local governments, Obiakbo and Falga, so far shut down. They say now the evidence that people we are uh, not uh, isolating themselves, people we are not distancing themselves. So we have to shut down these two places. Started last week and Thursday. Although we made an announcement that we relieve us two days, that is tomorrow and next tomorrow, 12 and 13, so that people will go and fuck their houses and then 14 will enter again to shut down again. The story is not any different in the FCT as members of the Ministerial Tax Force team and having their jobs cut out for them in controlling the influx of people from Kano, Kaduna, Jigawa and Lagos states. What are some of the major challenges encountered by the Tax Force team in enforcing the law in Abuja? Chairman of the FCT Tax Force team, Ata Iharu, 
tells me. The first day was really very challenging and everyone knew it would be challenging, but sadly, uh, some of the banks did not actually help us as well. They just opened one or two branches and we had massive mammoth crowd here. And some other persons who have coming out, the period we are in the haste to actually get things done. And uh, that's why we had so much crowd on that very day here. And that uh, day, uh, people were coming out. Many persons came out to see the city. And we actually saw some drivers who were contravening, carrying overload, uh, some not wearing face masks, some coming to test the world, see how far we will go here. But subsequently, since then, we've been seeing people trying to show greater understanding. We've been seeing compliance, both along uh, some areas, we see increased wearing of face masks around the city here. And we are seeing uh, enforcement going on uh, within the lockdown period. How are people complying with the interstate movement ban? Have you been finding it difficult keeping outsiders out of the FCT? Yes, indeed. The interstate travel ban is one of our major problems at the moment. You've been watching us uh, doing so much at the border axis and the Commissioner of Police, uh, Balachi Roma, who have been the one uh, observing our operations yeah, and guiding us properly have uh, also ensured that we got some military guys uh, to come on board and ensure we actually police and man our borders heavily, which is what we are also doing uh, from our end. Uh, but it's really very difficult here. Every day we are turning back persons uh, to other states across the country, Kanu, Kaduna, uh, even some who came from Lagos, Ogun, and uh, some other parts of the southwest. We've also escorted them uh, to the boundary post after Abaji and asked them to go back to where uh, they, we are actually uh, coming from. Some have said we should keep them, but we don't have the capacity to keep them because keeping them is indeed not so easy when you keep thousands of thousands of persons here who feed them, who clothe them, and you're just preparing yourself for uprising here. So we are largely turning them back, although some say they will likely be coming back uh, to other part, but we also man those parts and ensure that the ones we are turning back, we get take their photographs and turn them back here because they ought to stay where they are. Uh, that's our most disturbing part here, interstate uh, movement here. Do you have reports of compromised security agents at roadblocks and at the border? If yes, how are you and your team checking this? Uh, on the issue of uh, a compromise uh, by security men at roadblocks here, I think from our tax team, uh, we the tax team are really good around. We really don't mount roadblock, although other agencies mount roadblock. And I think there are various agencies and heads uh, would have gotten such a report and we'll have to handle that appropriately. But for us, from the tax team here, we have five teams that go around the city every day, morning and night. Uh, we don't mount, so the ones we mount are very visible during the day and sometimes at night. We see them uh, on major entry points. Sometimes we go to the suburbs here. We don't mount roadblocks, so about those roadblocks being manned. I think if there are compromise there, the heads of the agencies uh, will handle that because the SGF had mentioned something like that. And I know for sure that the police commissioner for the FCT, Balachi Roma, will not want to get such. Uh, the DR, the FRSC, Abuja uh, sector commander, Mr. Wobin, will not like that. DRTS, even the DSS director, Moaz, won't like that. So I believe they will be dealing with that should there be any uh, of their men involved here. What if you ask her... Uh, myself and the men checking this really we don't have any specific pin down uh all of us go out uh, most times sometimes some team go out we around town enforce around town drive around town and uh, check them and early morning during the parade we beg people that please and uh, please don't soil your hands uh looking for bribe uh, so far we've not got any issue of bribery we don't have any issue of uh uh, such allegation against our tax team here, although some have alleged that against some law enforcement uh, uh, personnel. But for us, every morning during our parade, 
one thing we stress against is don't extort people uh let them live their lives anyone who is found guilty arrest as an enforcer take the person to the mobile court here because we cannot be enforcers and be judge of the same suit at the same time here but we give our men real real brief here and ensure that we mark them actually guide against anybody trying to compromise them or they being compromised during the course of duty. What measures have been put in place to enforce compliance to simple rules like masking, social distancing? As part of the measures we are putting in place to ensure compliance are to rule, one is to strengthen our own enforcement within the federal capital territory. The second one is to ensure that the mobile courts are functional and up and running. And that's why we have been able to uh, get that, 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 that beautiful. We have gotten about about 8,000 convictions thus far, about, about 8,000 convictions thus far. Uh, uh, many persons have also been discharged in their hundreds. Uh, some other one, one or two also who prefer to take it higher, their cases will be coming up in court uh, later on. Uh, the case will even have to continue. But the mobile court had been very helpful, very useful, and very resourceful for us. And it has been helping us so much. It has gotten religious clerics of both faiths uh, to also comply because some of them have been taken to the mobile court and have well been uh, found guilty of uh, congregating in large numbers and they've been given some sentence in here. Some who also come out uh, also uh, had been taken to the mobile court. That's as a deterrent to others here and most of them are really feeling the heat of at uh, the moment. I think the mobile court is indeed very helpful to all of us here. Uh, that's part of our strategy. The other one is advocacy. We're also going around talking to people because we still believe that it's key to make people to understand uh, what they are doing uh, so much all the time here. But I believe it's something that we need to put both advocacy as well as enforcement together to get people to largely comply. So what happens to people caught sneaking into the states? Do you send them back or quarantine them? I think people people sneaking into the city are not uh, sent to quarantine center. Like as I told you earlier, we want to be very realistic on this matter. We cannot take the volume of people coming in because they are coming in in their thousands. As I told someone one day, if you want to bet me, let's man uh, on the border point, all those that we get, let's take them to the national stadium. The stadium will get filled up in less than one week here. People are coming in, in their thousands here. We are turning them back in their thousands here Every moment I speak to you, we are turning the borders. Some say others are sneaking in. Well, we also get calls from some persons that one or two persons are actually coming from one or two states that are endemic here. So what we are doing going forward, largely checking them, is to ensure that anyone we get, we turn the person back, back to the direction he or she is coming from. Because we must be realistic here to keep people in hundreds of thousands and feed them. Even the U.S. cannot even do it. Even after state governors announced the restriction on interstate travels, many citizens still continue to flout this rule. People are still seen trooping in in their numbers from one high-risk state to the other. Cities like the FCT, Lagos, Ogun, and River states have seen a continuous attempt by people to move into the states. For the Ogun state government, special advisor to the governor of communications, Remy Hazan, tells me that the proximity of the state's Lagos one of the epicenter of the disease makes it more susceptible to the spread of COVID-19. There's no way anybody can come out of Lagos into any part of Nigeria without passing through the state, and that makes us uh, completely vulnerable. And that's the more reason why whatever happens in Lagos COVID-19-wise, we are much more than interested because we know that uh, the uh, 
externalities, the aftershock will affect us somehow. That's on another side. We also have procured quite a lot of uh, uh, personal protective equipment for our healthcare workers, and we also have engaged them and enhanced their uh, hazard allowance, increased their daily allowance for COVID-19 assignment, and all of that. That's on the healthcare side. Uh, we, we provided a lot more uh, tools for our various security organizations to be able to do uh, a heightened kind of security surveillance. In one of its briefings, the Presidential Tax Force team frowned at the role of security agents in enforcing interstate movements ban. Can you tell us the real state of things at the Ogun Lagos border? For us in Ogun State, we have uh, quite a number of uh, uh, borders with Lagos. As a matter of fact, a lot of communities that are sharing boundary with Lagos abound uh, in Ogun State. Uh, is it at Songo, Ifo, uh, Obafemi, Wode local government, that's the Bafo, Bega Axis, uh, Ochudu, Akute, uh, so many other places like that. And one of the challenges that we have that makes us peculiar is the fact that even under the tax residency rule that have records that are verifiable, close to a million people are captured in the records who work in Lagos but reside in Ogun State. And that's a lot. Those are the ones that are captured under the tax residency rule. How many more may not even have been captured? That itself is a challenge. But the state government has taken steps to reduce vehicular movement across our borders by narrowing the available space that vehicles could pass. That way, it makes it easier for the various security agencies to do the work that they are meant to do. It is challenging, but it is not insurmountable. And they are doing their bit in circumstance. Even though we too are not leaving anything to chance because we have our own men who may not be uniformed that are watching what is going on at the various borders. And the report they bring in is what helps us to review our strategies of locking down the interstate borders. We have reports that along the Bafobega axis of the border, some people park their vehicles and walk into Lagos from Ogun State. And in other cases, some security agents are compromised. How do you react to this? Any breach of the interstate border lockdown that has been noticed, a countermeasure will always come. What are the measures? Can you tell us the measures that have been put in you place? You just told me of one now that people are walking across using their foot. That's what you just mentioned. Yes. So for such a uh, kind of movement, it means that we need also to deploy more men to such places so that that kind of movement can be hindered as much as possible. So any kind of breach that we notice countermeasures will be deployed to nip it in the bud. The one that is not noticed, it means that what we have on ground is working. We also hear that trucks carrying foodstuff, which are allowed to pass through the borders, sometimes carry passengers who are not checked in at the border. What curfew means is everybody stay where you are and as much as possible stay indoors. So for us, in the area of vehicles that have exceptions, 
we have put our own rules. If it is petroleum products, that vehicle should not carry more than three. And all the three should have link to the particular company that is lifting the petroleum product. If it is carrying food items, not more than five. And those five should be able to convince the security agents that they have link with the food being moved. So all of that are the measures. If you scale it at the Lagos end, you won't succeed at the Ogun State end. And the two states are collaborating. So whatever Lagos has outlawed in the course of uh, I mean, easing the lockdown, we have information and our own enforcers of the lockdown from our end will do the needful so that we don't expose uh, people who are on uh, vehicular movement to any kind of uh, stoppage that is avoidable from our own end. So at the two end, there is collaboration and what is to be done is being done in the circumstance. Bimboesho, daughter of renowned music aficionado and owner of record label Evergreen Music, Femiesho, where the sounds of legendary musicians like Victor Laia, Chris Ajilo, Ebenezer Obi, Fela Kuti, Bobby Benson, Rex Lawson, and many others were released. The managing director of Evergreen Music, in a chat with Abdul Okwechime, says she's optimistic that the music industry will recover from the impact of the pandemic. The musicians and the entertainment industry, I think they are looking for other alternatives to continue to get relevant. Yes, it has affected the, the entertainment industry, but people are coping and they, they are moving on, you know, because music is something that is around you anywhere you go, so you cannot, um, you can't escape that. Yeah, if you look at it now, I know that uh, Evergreen not only sold music, uh, the, the, the organized concerts, particularly concerts that involve these same veterans that you have talked about. Now we are in a pandemic. Do you think concerts will still come back? And if so, when, when are you looking at? Is it this year? Is it next year that you think that? If we all take the government directive and we really can educate ourselves, educate our mind, educate people around us, I think uh, we should be able to get over this and overcome it. Without that, it's going to take a little while. You know, I was just um, driving um, along um, the Yaba Isolation Center this afternoon with my driver, and um, it's uh, it's uh, touching. It's, you know, it's something that is very touching to really know that this thing is real, where you see families outside trying to, you know, be sure they are... I mean, they are, their wards are safe and they are being taken care of and, you know, the faces there, it's something that is quite touching. So if we all see that, or maybe we all have the opportunity to just move around such areas, I think we'll take things more seriously and we would also work and challenge ourselves to be able to ensure that uh, we support the government's uh, policy on this pandemic. Because if not, and because this will have um, an increase, you know, um, I don't know, you know, it's very good I can really say what next will become of um, society and how many lives will be lost and how many years we'll have to fight this battle. You're talking about government directives and uh, following government directives. There are some directives that government will need to enforce. How's level of enforcement, can you talk a little bit about how has it been? Well, 
mean, not a lot of them uh, talking about this. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Lagos, and I've seen what uh, His Excellency Babalidele Olusharafa was doing. I mean, when you see him every day, you see you see how he has put his life. You know, he's putting his life for all of us to ensure that um, if Lagos are Lagos, you know, it's it's healthy. Me to encourage them and also be supportive of whatever um, norms and uh, the rules and regulations that they put in place. It might be, they can't do it alone. We also have to support and encourage them. And of course, some of the few musicians, if you are very aware, they've been coming up with different songs to be able to also support their own uh, voices. You have Yoruba, you have Igbo, you have uh, people doing songs, you know, just... Yes, uh, that reminds me. You, you as an organization, that's Evergreen. Have you been involved in any of this production, either alone or uh, in collaboration with some other organization to whip out sentiment or to help the way those musicians are doing? Have you? Yes. Well, when we, when we started, uh, when the whole uh, pandemic came, you know, when it started, um, we got into the studio. We came up with a song, we titled um, Ori Ajumoshe, that's um, the song of synergy, the song of togetherness. And what the song is trying to preach is that, look, this is not the time for us to take things for granted. And, you know, we also had the people, few uh, musicians, so they are majorly not known, they are not uh, known musicians, you know, because we have a lot of people that, uh, you can take to the studio, they can sing and do production and all that. You know, we gave them the script and they put the song together and told them what to sing about. And that's it on this episode of Now. I am Juliet Obata.